This podcast is brought to you by JList.com. Guys, anime addicts, JList and JBox.com have an unbelievable selection of Nendoroids, both existing Nendoroids and also a huge variety on pre-order. Some of their most enticing pre-orders are the Harry Potter Quidditch version, the Shizue Nendoroid from Animal Crossing, the Luminary from Dragon Quest XI, Inuyasha, Bloodborne Hunter Nendoroid, Hibiki from How Heavy Are the Dumbbells You Lift, Kaguya from Kaguya-sama Love is War, Ryder from Fate Grand Order, Senku from Dr. Stone, and probably about a, about 10 billion more because JList and JBox.com are one of the best sources online to find Nendoroids of all types. So head over there, you'll find something that you love for your home or office, and you'll be supporting the podcast. And now, let's start the show. Speaking of, of battles that always seem to take place in percentages, I actually made it past the Dark Tournament of Yu Yu Hakusho. There is more. It's not like the screen is just black for like you know, 35 <laughs> 20, episodes. 25 or, episodes. Yeah, Literal Dark Tournament. You are listening to the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Make your anime addiction worse at aaapodcast.com. And now, here are your anime addicts. Hello, hello. Welcome, Verily, to the 517th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Uh, for this bodacious of episodes, I am Mason, your banana-clad host, and with me are some friends who will join me in making your anime addiction worse. First with me, my bespectacled brethren, Mitsugi. How's it going? Mitsugi here, struggling with the Twitch stream already. Um, but yeah. I'm doing... <laughs> I got it. We're good now, okay? Excellent. Um, we, I am doing fine out here in Colorado. It's hot, it's cold, it's hot, it's cold. But I'm indoors anyway, so it doesn't matter. I'm drinking a, mo- a pink monster. It's pretty good. Got some Sour Patch Kids, some day-old pizza. Ready to fucking do it. Let's just do this shit. Heck yeah, my man. Damn. Second with me, the benevolent Mandy. How goes it with you? I'm doing all right. How are you guys doing? Oh, excellent. And yeah, uh, and third with us is nobody. That's it. Uh, we got two weeks out of Enzo. Uh, third time was not the charm. Say la vie. Anyway, uh, thank you all for coming to join us in this excellent episode today. You can find us at aaapodcast.com slash join, where you can get all this bonus content, such as hentai episodes with over 150 of those, hobby addicts, which we just recorded. We talked about the new Tiger King documentary on Netflix. Rawr. Did a little... Animal Crossing, some Dungeons and Dragons, all sorts of good activities. Um, you can find us on Twitch, where we record live every Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and join your fellow listeners to see us in all our splendor and glory. Facebook.com/groups. You know how that stuff works. Um, we have Fan Art Friday, so make sure you send your stuff to Carolyn or us either through any means you can. If you have sketches, paintings, cosplays, tattoos, whatever, you got cosplays. There's no conventions to show them at. 
show them over there. We'll uh, we'll feature them. Most importantly, come hang out with us on Discord. It's the best place to hang out with us and everyone else who listens. And we have all sorts of chat rooms and all sorts of activities and clubs going on. We've been watching stuff, especially with the new season about to start. We have seasonal watch parties. Everyone's indoors. Everyone's socially distancing. Come on Discord. It's a good place to hang out. Um, First, we have our anime clubs, which goes on every other Wednesday. The next meeting is April 8th. And we are going to be watching the full series of Sora no Oto, or Sound of the Sky. This is found oh on boy. Crunchyroll, Funimation. You can even see it on YouTube. So I don't know if it's going to be good. I don't know if it's going to be bad. But we're going to have a lot of fun discussing it at uh, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's, Mitz, do you have a comment on that? Yeah, it's basically K-On with rifles. So Sign me up. I mean, okay. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I, I have not watched this yet. I've not watched a single episode, but I'm excited. Listen, it's either going to be it's good okay. and we're going to have conversation good. or it's going to be bad and we're going to have meme conversation. But it's I'm excited good. nonetheless. It's a throwback, Man. you know, for sure. So hey, it's definitely. what the people voted on. And hey. uh, if if you want to do something else, come join the voting. You got to get the how's people what club doing. Uh, Yeah, we also have my manga club, which will be this Wednesday coming up April 1st. We will be going over Berserk's Golden Age arc. So if you would like to join us, go to Discord, go down to manga club, check the pin notes. And that has the information for which chapters and volumes we are reading because we're not starting at the very beginning. We're starting at the Golden Age arc because that is like the the actual beginning of Berserk. So uh, please join us. It'll be crazy. It's not a joke even though it's April 1st. (laughs) But that will be at 10 p.m. EST. All you got to do is hop into the voice chat at that time after having read it, and then we'll discuss it very laid back. You're not required to talk. And also, Mason and I have a new project that we put up. You may have already seen it pop up on your RSS feed. And that is the called The Shape, Truth, and Reasoning. It's a little mini podcast that we are doing where we are going over Mononoke, one of my favorite anime. And we are going to be diving deep into each arc. It'll be five parts. Part one is currently up. And we're going to be diving deep into all of the show's symbolisms and artistic choices, the history of Mononoke and uh, yokai lore and, you know, just giving it some love because <laughs> I absolutely love the series and I'm just so happy to finally have the chance to dive deep into it. Absolutely. It's one of my favorite series as well and we would really appreciate because we've never done a standalone like analysis like this before if uh, you could give us any feedback because ideally we get better at it and do more of these with other shows in the future. So... Please check that out if you want. Uh, but and it go ahead. Currently is only on the RSS feed, but I will be making a YouTube video of it. So if you don't have access to that, just hang on for a bit, for a little while, and I'll eventually have that up. Yeah, we'll make it happen. But uh, yeah, it's, it was a good time. It was fun. And but this episode today, our topic is going to be a massive. What have we been watching? Because I know for me, I've had a lot more time to watch things as of late, and I've got the list to prove it oh we're boy. also doing a review of fate grand order absolute demonic front babylonia so all you fate fans stay tuned to what we think but without further ado there's a ferret on screen but without further ado again <laughs> let's get to the big news of the week oh, 
It's time for big news of the week. I gotta say, I was kind of excited because I I was like, oh man, I actually have things to talk about today on what did I watch? And then I'm like, I look at Mandy and Mason's list further down the document and I realize that I am just a just a slacker. I mean, that's all there is to it, for real. I'm just a poor boy. I need no sympathy. Mason especially is just making me look like, you know, I'm, I'm, he's like, he, I'm just standing still. Everyone else is moving. All right. Um, sad news, sort of, for this week. Some sad economic news. I think, you know what? I think some of us have seen this coming for a while already. Um, <clears throat> the Nikkei editorial predicts gloomy times ahead for Japanese anime industry as China puts focus on domestic animation. <clears throat> you could probably also call this, this article something like along the lines of um, Japan. Uh, China's animation industry sucks the brains out of Japan's animation industries. We'll get to that. Um, of course, if you want to read more about this, you can find it on uh, the uh, Japanese financial newspaper Nikkei. I have no idea if you can find it translated or not, but um, you might be able to find it. So uh, there's a summary on Anime News Network, but they pretty much just paraphrased, which is also what I'm doing with this. So China's Japan, China, Japan labor outsourcing dynamic. So China's definitely been changing how it approaches its domestic animation industry. So I think some people listening might think about it. When they think of anime, they just think of like Japan and that's pretty much all there is. But <clears throat> lately, China's been surging for sure in their own sort of anime industry, I guess. And back in 2016, as the article describes, China was contracting a lot with Japanese animation studios. Um, Japanese companies would out would subcontract their work to animators in China. And we already know that they do that with like the Philippines and with Korea, etc. But now it's been four years from that point, And now the tables have sort of turned here and Chinese companies are working um, more in more with in-house intellectual properties and are hiring Japanese companies to do work for them on work on things like King's Avatar and other really popular things. Um, there are some pretty uh, prolific CEOs in the anime industry who um, Bunjiro Eguchi is the cited source who says China has used its abundant capital to procure the resources for digital animation and the quality of their animation is improving noticeably. <clears throat> Japan previously outsourced to China, but now the situation has reversed. So China's actually like ahead of Japan now, and Japan's kind of like the like the subcontractor for China, I guess in a way. As of, and it didn't used to be that way. And um, I'm personally not all that up on this situation, so this is kind of a learning thing for me as well. Um, of course, this impacts the Japanese industry as China pays way better money for their animators, their employees, and their employees are not just freelancers as they are in Japan where only about 14% of Japanese animators are permanent employees. So what do you guys think about this at this point? There's a hell of a lot more here to go through, but. I mean, just from the artistic standpoint, when I've seen a lot of the Chinese productions, King's Avatar, I mean, uh, what was the other one that we really liked? Modao Zushi. Yeah, uh, there was another one as well. Modao's. But oh. I'm trying to remember. Essentially, all the ones I've seen have looked really solid and have been really pleasant, both visually, musically. Like, I've really been enjoying their productions. And as a fan of the industry, I'm 
I would like to see more of their works come out. So I'm excited for this, but it is disappointing that it is a situation that occurs. But Mandy, there's just anything? not enough good talent to go around. I mean, I don't know. I, I, like Mason said, a lot of the stuff that is coming out of China, I've been a really big fan of. King's Avatar, Modao Zushi, both of those are really good, solid shows. And uh, I don't know, if they're paying more and some Japanese workers want to go work overseas, I don't see why not, if they're going to pay more. I don't know. It's, uh, it's a weird situation. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like at some point, w- would we even notice if there was really a shift between one and the other? like we watch anime it's from japan but if it starts to be the case that every fourth anime or every other anime is chinese will you even really notice you know i mean because to some extent to some extent all the anime you're watching now anyways half of it's done by like korean people and filipino people and vietnamese people and chinese people anyway so it's not like you know it's it's almost like a, a melting pot of asia in some part in some to some extent depending on the studio um, <clears throat> my only thought there is that like, I haven't seen personally, haven't really gravitated towards the, I, I mean, the sample size is minute at this point, but like, um, this the, the stuff I've seen that's come out of China up until this point, I haven't really gravitated much towards it, but I think once the sample size increases, that'll probably change. Um, it doesn't change. It doesn't help very much that the Japanese outlook for anime is pretty bad. So, um, <clears throat> like, like, like economically, China's pivot to domestic animation is occurring at the same time that Japan's uh, anime industry is continuing to struggle. They're basically, as the article describes, seeing little to no growth whatsoever domestically. Um, The anime industry was worth $20 billion U.S. in 2018, a lot of that being overseas. and But only 12% of that, as we know, actually makes it to animation studios with the uh, production committees soaking up uh, a hell of a lot of a lot more of the money than the actual animation studios get, which is really a big problem because, like you know, I mean, then they can't pay their employees because they're not making any money, and thirty um, percent of animation production studios in Japan were actually losing money in twenty eighteen, which I don't know if people knew about. I didn't, and uh, bankruptcy and dissolving companies were at a ten year high in twenty eighteen. So I don't know how that's changed between then and now, but I can't imagine it's improved a whole lot. Um, <clears throat> and uh, a lot, one of the biggest problems still is training young animators. It's critical to continue to train animators in Japan, considering especially how people keep coming and going out of the industry. And then when someone leaves, you have to bring up, you have to bring somebody else in, and you have to train them. And we see this every day in our daily lives and all the companies that we work for. Um, I see it all the time. There's always some new person popping up and there's always someone around to help bring that person up to speed and help train them. But these animation studios don't have that luxury. They are already stretched to the breaking point. And so when someone new comes in, there's really no one there to like help them learn the ropes of how to be like a proper animator. So studio resources are low. And because of that, there's a lot of outsourcing happening to Japanese contractors. But because of this, the training quality is really bad. And so you're actually getting to the point where Chinese studios have rejected some of the work done by Japanese studios because the quality is so bad um, at times by like, you know, especially from studios that are having a lot of turnover and have a lot of like newbies working for them and which is further impacting Japan's industry because a lot of these studios are making a lot of money from their contract work. So 
So it's, I don't know. Like this, I think we've known for a while that these studios weren't really making a whole lot of money and that training was an issue. Um, do you guys have anything you want to add after that segment? Um, not particularly. You pretty much covered it well. It's just a shame that I think it said at one point that like usually the the number of animators a studio has one or two plus or minus makes all the difference on if they have enough capacity to have a show or not. Like every, every one person matters. And that's why when you get new animators, you really don't even have time to train them because you just you have to use them right away. Yeah, the article actually says like, you know, a lot of times when a studio misses deadlines or when this, when, a, when a show is late, it's because someone left and they don't have they just don't have that person anymore. And yeah. it's really like scary that these studios are at the point where one single person causes can cause a, a grinding halt like at my company, if like four or five people leave, nothing changes. It just keeps going. But at these animation studios where that were like they're in this tiny building with like 10 people. I guess when one person leaves it just causes a crisis. So yeah, most of the time production is so far behind where they're making anime like the week it's supposed to come out. <laughs> like finishing it like the day before. Yeah. It's crazy. Like the crunch time on it is insane. Like I'm not surprised there's so few animators in there because, God, the amount of stress it must be to be able to get that out and for how little they get paid, it's crazy. If there's one thing we've learned, I think in the last couple of weeks, is how fragile everything in this world is, and like as much <laughs> as an industry can be like established or anything, like uh, any event, any change in personnel can make a huge difference. So don't take our shows for granted. Mason adding the poetic twist. Yeah, it's just like, Always. it's very unfortunate because if these production, I, I don't know what the roles, what what the operational roles of a, of a production committee entail, but if they were willing to give more money to the studio, the studio could, one, pay their people a little better and then probably hire a couple more people as well, which would resolve some of that stress, which would lower the turnover, which would solve the training problem. So in the end, it really is all money, you know? Um and the studios just don't have enough of it. <clears throat> the biggest concern here, I think, from for me personally, is this thing called the brain. It's called this thing called brain drain, and it happens a lot. Where a company will basically pay very poor, very poorly, or they'll treat their employees their employees very badly, and then like those employees will basically just like take off and go down the street and work for a competitor and get paid more, get treated better. Um, I've seen it happen a lot at places that I've worked. There's a competitor in down in St. Petersburg, Florida, where my my old employer would lose like good employees all the time to like these to this other person, and they wouldn't even try to like match the salaries. And this is happening as well. Chinese companies are now trying to entice Japanese animators to work in China. Um, from the article, quote, they can easily offer three times the annual salary an animator would get in Japan. So there will be more cases of Japanese talent going overseas. According to a recruitment website, the monthly average salary is approximately almost it's almost five thousand U.S. dollars. So, you're talking about like we always hear like, oh, an animators in Japan they're making like eight hundred bucks a month. They're working over like two hundred hours of overtime. They don't get paid for it. They're living in the studio eating ramen. And here are these animators in China making almost fifty grand a year U.S. and and living in China where the cost of living is far lower, which 
to me, is actually going to give them a pretty good quality of life. Who the hell wouldn't just like fly overseas and work for the, the different studio someplace else, you know? Mm-hmm. So you're you're talking about like, I, this kind of worries me because you're talking about like, this is like, you know, not to be super doom and gloom, but like if every animator in Japan decides to just pack up and go, like you have no more animation industry in Japan. Like, I, I mean... I mean, I guess it would just shift to China, but I don't know how that would change things. So the article concluded by saying that, that the production committee system is, um, quote, effective in mitigating risks, but for the Japanese industry to be globally competitive, it is um, indispensable for it to have a system that ensures its profits are distributed distributed effectively. And to my prior point, like, you got to get this money into the studios because they can't pay people. And... They can't pay people, they can't hire people, they can't train people, and then the people they do have are just going to leave because, I mean, if I was making like 50K in the US and you were like, oh, here's the same job in England for 400K, yeah, I mean, I'm gone. Like, there's no doubt, no doubt about it. So, this, I I mean, it concerns the shit out of me. So, I mean, I think um, well, I th- pers- personally, I think they were also doing a lot of like digital work over there too. So it's not like you would even need to relocate. I think a lot of these animators can just stay, stay in Japan yeah. and just it's sure. it's easier animation work too. Like in terms of easier with quotes around it, just from the technology advancement that they're making with like proprietary software. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of Americans here as well who work for Japanese companies. Mm-hmm. They just do stuff digitally, send it in. Well, I think U.S. had like the most number of contracts with mm-hmm. japan currently well i think the article said like china used to be the most and now they're like in six as of 2018 or something so so a major source no yeah, interesting I mean, and of course the and of course the ch- the chinese animating animation companies are going to are going to get take the better the better uh the better animation workers from japan first you might find like in 10 years we're like chinese anime just looks amazing because their economy is bigger better booming booming they can pay more, and then you're going to see like that, like the just it's a theory, but like if that if this type of article is true, and if it continues, you might find that like Japanese animation looks like crap in ten years, and the Chinese stuff looks amazing because all the talents working for the high. It's high. already getting yeah. there. <laughs> Listen, if the balance, if the price we pay is just more Modao Zushi, yeah, I'll bite that cost. <laughs> so no, I think some of the companies that are notoriously terrible to their employees will definitely be in trouble. But I mean, places like KyoAni, I don't think a lot, like they treat their employees so well. I don't think a lot of those people are going to want to leave KyoAni. I was going like, to say, so there are like, some companies that have, that are really good to their employees. Yeah, I don't know. There's a comment that like 14% of Japanese animators are permanent employees. And I'm like, I wonder how many this is crazy. are KyoAni of, of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kyo- be KyoAni nice makes to your employees. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. End of the story. (laughs) But wasn't it like Madhouse recently that all of those, and for weeks we were talking about Madhouse and how terrible they are. The one guy had like a breakdown, like a mental breakdown and went to the hospital and sued them because he had like four billion hours of unpaid overtime. Yeah, that was, I think that was Madhouse. And that, and, and Madhouse is like one of the better studios, at least in my opinion. So that's scary. So. I don't know. Let's, I mean, if you're going to treat people... Let's move on to something a little yeah. more positive and a little more negative and a little more weird. Yeah, if you're going to treat people that <laughs> that crazy, I mean, you know, maybe maybe something needs to happen to fix things up. So, 
but just giving you a, a little update on the sort of competitive dynamic between animation and different countries. Ready to move on, Mason? I am. Howdy, partner. I seen you riding in on that dusty trail. Welcome to the good, the bad, and the moe. For the good this week, Anime Japan, despite being canceled by the uh, COVID pandemic, uh, managed to still pull about 180,000 manga readers for their third annual poll of what manga do they do people want to most see as an anime adaptation? Here you go, Mandy. And the results, yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people in our Discord, I know, would agree with this. N- number 10, uh, Chainsaw Man, which, my goodness, I get recommended on the daily. <laughs> so people want to see it. It's 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 a trip. Um, number nine, The Apothecary Diaries. Uh, number eight, everyone put your hands up, The Way of the House Husband. God, it's so good. It's that's the the mafia, the yakuza member who uh, then becomes a house husband and gets to take care of bonsai and making bentos, and it's it's adorable. Burying uh, the broken figure in the backyard the like it's figure, a potty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, One of my favorite parts. <laughs> number seven is Tasuketsu, which I have never even heard of, so maybe worth looking into. Number six is Act Age, classic. Number five is Spy X Family. Number four, the danger, the dangers in my heart, Boku no Kokoro no Yabai Yatsu, which I also have not heard of. Number three is Onichan wa Oshimai. Number two is my new boss is Goofy. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great, that's a I've great never title. Heard of it, Me but neither. I want to read it so bad. Oh my goodness! Uh, add that to the manga club, maybe. And number one, I don't know, I don't know if it has an English translation yet, but. Ooh. I will when it comes out. We'll see. Uh, maybe I'll look into it. I'll see if I can find some uh, Ross. But number one, <laughs> I think to no one's surprise, is Comey Can't Communicate. Uh, yeah. It's it's pretty adorable. So those are what people want to see animated. Um, for the bad this week, uh, voice actor Hiroshi Masuoka dies at the age of 83. No! Sadly, uh, died of cancer. Uh, famous. He was in the industry for like 40 years. He was... Obviously, Master Roshi from Dragon Ball Z, Ja Mojisan from Anpanman, which he had for 30 plus years, and uh, Masuo Fuguta from Saizai san, which is probably also a very long role to have. So, Can I just, I just want to say Hido- Hidoshi Masuoka had some fantastic hair. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, his hair is fantastic, but Master Roshi, no! My bald brethren. <laughs> Very sad, very sad. I really should put this next this next one, like a photo of this up in the Twitch because Yeah. The oh f- I'm gonna yeah, see that's the f- I This intense. is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> I thought I thought of you immediately, Mason, and um oh by the way and by the way and by the way, at the Asian Mart yesterday I found Vermont Apple Curry as we prior as yes. we previously discussed, and it will be amazing later this week. But go ahead, Excellent. I'll try to get a photo up. I, I made my Vermont curry last night, and it was, ooh, so exceptional, and remains so. Uh, Japanese Twitter user at 2Torm was haunted by a dream. Um, one that he's seen multiple times, which is a bathtub, a full-size bathtub, filled with Japanese curry and rice. And just recently, he was able to make that dream a reality. Uh, so he 
Let's see if the picture's up yet. He filled oh, his up. literally his bathtub half with rice, half with curry. He had uh, trays set aside for the pickles and like the seasonings. Um, he put aluminum foil around the inside of the bath. You know, you don't want to stain it. Getting <laughs> those curry stains, am I right? <laughs> um, he covered the room in the sh- uh, covered the floor in the shower room with plastic wrap to make it easy to clean up, and. Uh, yeah, he just invited a bunch of people over, and they had a, a bathtub bounty, as Mitz put it, and it's spectacular. I I really want to know how much this would have cost. Oh, my and God. Uh, so it looks like beef curry. So it does. This is a bathtub because it looks to me like a washing machine. It's a very upright looking one. It doesn't. Crazy. It's not like the full size American style bathtub. So how how is this used? I'm curious. <laughs> Mandy's mind is blown. <laughs> How do you kneel down in that and not get stuck? <laughs> I mean, my uh, you don't go in it. You don't take the bath with the curry and rice. No, no, you just no, ladle it out. No, I don't mean out. with the curry she, and she, rice. She's oh. in the getting the bathtub. <laughs> That's all I care about right now. Oh, you're 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 about the uh, the bath aesthetics. <laughs> yes. How is this used? I want to know. Uh, just splish Can you splash, show me a you graph? A bath. Yeah, I'll draw a diagram after this is over. <laughs> Thank you, because I want to know how you get down in there and not get stuck. I assume you just, yeah, you just squat. I'm not sure. Listen, Japanese bathrooms are weird. Like, usually they're just one massive wet zone where, like, you sometimes yeah. take a shower in this area, but then you can walk over here and sit down. And I just, I make everything wet. Slinging and I just, water everywhere. I have, Even your toilet slings water of at course, you. Of course, yeah. It's a nonstop splash zone and it's, ooh, it's a blast. But this, this I could get behind. So props to my idol at 2Torm uh, on Twitter for making his dreams <laughs> a reality. And if he can do this, uh, you can make your dreams a reality too. So thank you very much. I, I, I would say that... Um, he, so he's missing an ingredient that I always like to have on my curry, which is um, I would have another. So he's he's got the pickled, the pickled radishes, and he's got the ginger, I think, there in the containers. Yep. But um, I would have like a, like some shredded cheese there as well because I love to put some like shredded cheese on top of the curry and get it all melty. Mm. Oh, so I've good. never, oh I've God. actually never done the cheese and curry. You should try it next time. Dude, I mean, it's I. Believe that it's good. Nothing, nothing doesn't need cheese on it. Yeah, try some cheese and then get a little bit of that gochu gochujang sauce that you like, and maybe some like yeah. mayo on there. Oh, I always, and I always drop be, that in my curry, and you're gonna be so all good. set. Oh my goodness, my man. Oh, but yeah, this guy's a legend. He's a legend for all humans. So <laughs> this is a legendary move. This such peak pre- culture in 2020. In such, yeah, absolutely. In such, pre- in such preparation. So, absolutely. The absolute mad lad. Anyway, what do we have coming up? So, um, <clears throat> does Mitsuki's mom know we'll be coming back to the podcast? Um, it really never left, but we were just kind of sort of mulling over how we would logistically handle doing the segment on the Twitch stream with the caller. Mm-hmm. So, I think we've decided, like like a technological compromise on how we can make this work. So it won't be today. We're not going to do it today. But my mom has been studying very hard and she's up to the challenge and I have over 100 questions prepared for you. <laughs> she's studying? Oh, she studies every day for this. this she's is, watching more she's anime than prepping. Mason is. Yeah. Oh, man. She's, she's probably watching more than I am. So, <laughs> and um, I, I, I should say that like this process will require you to make it known that you want to play so if you're interested yeah. in playing, mm-hmm. we're going to have to get you like hooked up on the Discord. So it, I 
personally, I don't think it would be a bad idea for you to message one of us, letting you know, letting us know that you would like to play. Does Mitsuki's mom know? And then when we go to do it, like next week, for example, we can summon you more easily. So, um, I'll I'll be putting up an announcement. Um, either react to that with a little emoji on uh, on Discord, or uh, or just DM me directly, and I'll uh, put you in the catalog. And it's pretty really simple. You just go into the voice chat. We'll drag you in. We'll talk. You'll do your thing, and it'll be a grand old time. And everyone who does it uh, doesn't regret it, even if they uh, can't crack Please. the code. Because man, she was a stalwart that went on like a eight yeah. week streak where no one could beat her so yeah we're definitely in a sad state right now we need a hero to come up <laughs> and win mitsuki's mom trivia okay there you go we need a drop for that too but uh <laughs> until then a hero? we need a hero <laughs> <laughs> All right, so until then we have trivia we do Alrighty, so we have our website trivia, which if you go to aaapodcast.com, scroll down, there's a picture there. It is related to an anime with a theme. Our theme this week is anime flowers. And if you send in your guess what anime you think that picture is from, then you can win prizes. So the answer for last week was Clannad After Story. The winner... <laughs> the winner is Dick Chocolate. So thank you for making me say that. Yeah, he <laughs> hasn't been around for a while. I know Dick Chocolate's been kind of like sort I of, do remember that name, yeah. <laughs> been kind of um dormant there, but we're but we're glad to have you back. These people are pros at this trivia. Like I literally just gave them like a picture of flowers. Like there was no character really, not much to go on, but they literally knew not, not not only that it was Clannad, but specifically the second season, based off of like the sunflowers in that field where like the little girl runs around or whatever. <laughs> and hmm. I don't know, you guys are impossible to, to stump, so so it's pretty impressive. So yeah, so go to the website and check it out. But also, with no effort on your part, we have an in-show weekly trivia question, which we will answer after our news break. And that question is. Uh, Babylonia, the civilization which serves as the setting for the Fate Grand Order anime, is from what time period? We'll let you know soon enough. I'm looking for like the year here, people. You gonna give me 50 push-ups, Mason? Yeah. Let's do this. 50 push-ups during break. <laughs> hey, Anime Addicts, Mitsuki is here, and I'm bringing you your first anime news break, which is really just a, an array of anime sequels that are going to be coming out, starting with Yudu Camp, which has revealed new key visuals that you can find online. Going to be having another season in winter of 2021. This announced via the official website of Yudu Camp, or Laid Back Camp, for those of you that prefer the English title. Again, that new season is going to be starting in January 2021. The new year might be right around the corner, and there's big questions on all the girls' minds. Where should each of them go to see the first sunrise of the year? So this is the premise of the new season of Yudu Camp. Directed by Yoshiaki Kyogoku, who has worked pretty much on the other Yudu Camp stuff, Yudu Camp Delta and Yamano Musume second season. So 
If you're a big fan of C Station Studio and their work on YouTube, can't look out for this coming out in January. And also one of the more popular anime from this current season, Bofuri, otherwise known as Itai no wa Iana no de Bogyoroku ni Kyokufuri shitai to omoimasu is getting another season for Bofuri for short. Of course, this was announced towards the end of the very final bit of the season of current Bofuri, which was which has been airing. And after an enthusiastic invitation from her friend, Kaede Honju reluctantly agrees to try the new World Online MMORPG that is a virtual reality game that is played by thousands of people across Japan. And she puts all of her stats into defense because she doesn't like being hurt and chooses that as her playstyle. Very cute sort of lighthearted anime if you're a fan of these sort of game world ser- series with a lighthearted feel. Bofuri getting another season coming up. Rolling right ar- along to our next new anime season coming out. New Wixos is coming back. TV anime series has been announced for 2020. This was announced via a live stream event that announced this new season of the t- television franchise. And it looks like the graphic design company NC Koku is going to be credited for the visual concept art behind the work. Of course, based on the Takara Tomi's trading card game, Selector Infected Wixos which had its first anime season back in the spring of 2014. So it has been a while. New Wixos is going to be coming out, and I believe this is perhaps the third season, because there was another season called Lost Storage Incited Wixos, which had an anime project that came out in the fall of 2016. So look out for that if you're a fan of Selector Infected. And next up, and lastly for this news break, at the end of the first season of Magia record Puella Magi Madoka Magica side story. It was announced that they're going to be getting a second season. This original game story, which is a spin-off of, of Madoka Magica, takes place in this very popular and growing city of Kamihama. Guided by a strange power, magical girls gather in this town and battle a new power drawn from witches. So this anime premiered back on January 4th. And having run most of its course, now we are going to be having another season of this later on, so look forward to that as well. This was me, Sagi, and this was your anime news break. And as always, as we do, it's time to get back to the podcast. Anime Addicts J-List and JBox.com is one of the best online sources to get great selections of Nendoroids, including a huge variety of pre-orders so you can be the first amongst your friends to own some of the coolest new Nendoroids, including Harry Potter's Quidditch version, Shizue from Animal Crossing, which is, of course, very timely, the Luminary from Dragon Quest Eleven, the Hunter from Bloodborne, Inuyasha, Hibiki from How Heavy Are the Dumbbells, Kaguya from Kaguya-sama Love is War, and about hundreds and hundreds more pre-orders and even more Nendoroids that are already out. So, Head over to JList or JBox.com right now, browse their huge selection, and I promise you'll find something exciting for your home or your office. Hey, this is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto Uzumaki, and I am an anime addict. Use your Rasengan! The Anime Addicts Anonymous Podcast presents Kazuo vs. The Cat Bus. Who do you yeah. got for number one? I have the cat bus from my neighbor Totoro. Chichi Kokoyama Hospital. Okay. That's where the cat bus goes. Yeah, but like, what, what are the cat bus's combat abilities? It has the most powerful oh. headlights in history on its eyeballs. It could blind you drastically with its eyeballs. 
That's the it can worst. Run, it can run on telephone telephone wires. You know how nimble that is? That agility. Right, such agility, such grace. Let me ask you a question. Yes. Does the cat bus not have about 10 legs? Does it have 10 legs? Yes, true. Do, do cats have claws? Yeah. How many claws does a cat have on every paw? Oh, I don't know. Like It's five. Five? Okay. That is 50 <laughs> razor sharp blades coming but at look you. Look at it. it it's, has like no... a, it's like a bowling ball covered in butcher knives. I, I, it's coming at you. First... <laughs> yeah, that cat bus is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> that son of a bitch is coming at you. <laughs> it does look terrifying. It's literally <laughs> screaming all the time. <laughs> It would take you to the Shichi Kokoyama Hospital after it beats your ass. <laughs> it's yeah, it beat your ass and take you to the hospital. Yeah, yeah. And now, back to the podcast. Welcome back to the sweet tones of Chopin's Raindrop Prelude. The only suitable backdrop for such a discussion. Of such, in, of such intellectualism <laughs> as I wear my girlfriend's, what is this, poon poon? Poon poon. Poon poon hat. I got to me poon poon. Yes. I thought poon poon hat. I, freak, I freaked out when I saw it. I was like, poon poon hat. I won't lie. I thought, I, I, I thought it was, I thought it was a, a, a Hiyoko from Cowboy Bebop, those little chicken <laughs> treats. Anyway, guys, Babylonia, the civilization which serves as the setting for Fate Grand Order, the anime, is from what time period? Those, some of you, you may not know, but um, Gilgamesh, the Epic of Gilgamesh, which is pretty much the setting for the most part of this anime, is um, the oldest piece of written literature. Um, so Babylonia is like the beginning of written history in 3100 BC to the fall of Babylon in 539. So very old shit. We're talking some old stuff here. So, uh, spoilers for the first written work of all time, but you probably should have read it by now. So, yeah, it's really good, by the way. It's not very long. So, and um, actually, is a little relevant to the fake grant to the fake grand order anime. Not required, but might give you a little bit of uh, background to some of the things that happened. But, Mandy, it's the moment we've yeah. all been waiting for. I'm ready. Mandy's clairvoyant manga minute. Here we go. <laughs> and now let's take a minute for the manga minute with Mandy. This is Mandy's manga minute, where I take a minute to give you a manga and help you find something new to read. I just screwed up my own intro. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> this one is called Our Dining Table. Yutaka, who is not good at eating with people, meets a pair of siblings with a large age gap at the park one day. The three of them, Yutaka, Minoru, and Tane, begin to eat together. Our Dining Table is a shonen eye slice of life written and illustrated by Ori Mita. It is a one-shot and is currently available in English both digitally and printed. Uh, the manga primarily focuses on the main character, Yutaka, and he's fresh out of college, just found himself a new job, and but he doesn't have a great relationship with his family because his siblings resent him for being adopted. And from childhood to adulthood, Yutaka spent most of his meals completely alone until he meets a little boy in the park one day and who asks him, can I try one of your homemade onigiri? And this event leads to Yutaka meeting the young boy's older brother, Minoru, uh, 
And after discussing food, he is invited to come cook for them one day. Uh, so Yutaka and Minoru grow closer together and learn the joys of eating with other people. And this is a very warm and lighthearted manga, although I wouldn't say it does anything that we haven't already seen in the genre. Um, it doesn't go too deep into the cooking side of things, like what did you um, eat yesterday did, and but it also isn't very heavy on the romance side either. So while it may not be exceptional like it doesn't do anything different but it's still a very relaxing and sweet slice of life so if you're wanting a very short manga that isn't bogged down by any kind of drama you can check this one out and it's about how big it is perfect it's timing. very it's very short the perfect timing with the music that time wow oh yeah <laughs> japanese onigiri i love jelly filled donuts jelly filled donuts my favorite <laughs> my favorite was when they called when they called the takoyaki, they they called it like meatballs or something, like special meatballs. I mean, they're huh. not they're not what? wrong. <laughs> I mean, Except they're not meatballs. I mean, there's meat in them, and they're ball A shaped. Squid. It's still meat. What's the difference? More octopus. You got me. <sighs> also, the whole time I was thinking when you said like Yutaka is not good at eating with people, I'm like, you eat the same way whether there's people there or not. What? I know what you mean, though. <laughs> Mason, I realized something just now. Yeah. We have no drop yet. That's okay. For your upcoming segment. I we don't know if it's good yet. Well, I feel like I have failed as a producer somewhat. So No, no, no worries. So, so. as I alluded to last episode, um, Waifu Wars, we're going to do a little uh, timeout, a little... You know, a little break, a little leave of absence, because I want to try a new segment, which I hope you guys can all participate in, called Anime Arguments, where I have you guys uh, submit through the AAA podcast.com forward slash mailbag link um, uh, hot takes on popular opinions and things that you want us to uh, debate or clash with you on or agree with depending on how good your opinion is so i grabbed the first three that were in there and i figured we could run through and see uh see if we like it or not and if you want to leave an argument you know how to do that the first one comes to us from moral who mm. says the biggest problem with berserk 2016 wasn't the horrendous cg Ooh. it was the pacing oh so for those who don't know, Berserk, long acclaimed manga, which we're reading for Manga Club, um, and pretty good 1998 version, um, allegedly, I've been told, comes out with a sequel um, to two seasons by, I think it's like Milepnes or Linden Films, or it's like a, like a mashup of a couple studios that th these terrible CG animations and um, moral claims that the biggest problem is the CG is the pacing more than the CG. And the biggest problem with Berserk 2016 isn't the pacing. It's everything about it. Everything about it is the worst <laughs> show ever. And you oh can't put it on one problem. Um, yes, the CG is the worst thing I've ever seen, but also the sound effects, particularly like the clangs are the worst things I've ever heard. Like the Berserk fan base as a whole is like, has long proven over decades that they will wait they will wait in order to get better quality. Like that's always been their MO. Like they always want more, but they will wait for uh, Mira to get back from watching idol shows all day to make another chapter every eight months. So for a studio to 
take it and like rush it because the pacing is i will give more or less abysmal they cut out like the most essential things and then put in the most boring parts of it so yes while the pacing is bad um everything else around it is equally terrible that i don't know if you can pin it down to one thing so i don't know if you guys have seen the show but don't well just read the manga i don't know if i'd say it's the worst thing the worst anime ever although berserk fans would probably say so because it's just it might be the most disappointing ever um, it's yeah compare it to one punch one man, punch season, man two. season two it's probably on par Ooh, it's up there okay. yeah i think i give them both <laughs> about the same score of i abysmal I, I wouldn't be able to even contribute to this personally because i think i was so distracted by the cg that i don't think i even really paid attention to what the hell was going on in the anime but then again, yeah, it, it was literally distractingly bad yeah it was very yeah <laughs> Yeah, not unlike some of the CG in the Fate Grand Order anime that we're going to talk about. Although it came out with some, it spawned some pretty funny memes. Yes. The meme of Guts walking, but like everyone He's drew just, like his legs, his little tiny legs. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best thing ever. <laughs> uh, great. Uh, the next argument comes from Cream Puff, who says, High School DXD Season 1 and Tokyo Ghoul Season 1 are basically the exact same show, with the story beats and plots of the seasons being similar. The only difference is High School DxD did it better. So, I will be honest. I had never seen either of these shows before this argument came through. Came flat on my desk and I'm like, well now I need to know. I need to do my research. So I watched uh, exactly one episode of each of them. And uh, my thoughts are as follows. They're both similar in that they're incredibly edgelord-esque shows that are just going for shock value and like appealing for that like early teen demographic um but i actually agree with the statement i think high school dxd like as a package presented what its ideas were better than tokyo ghoul now of course its package just meant a better developed and by that i mean more developed female characters but not in the good way (laughs) but essentially Tokyo Ghoul had so many moments that were more cringy to look at with like some weird camera shakings and like over the top voice acting that, you know, it didn't sound like they were having a good time making the show like high school DXD kind of could because it was kind of comedy focused at the same time. So I would say if I had to watch more, it'd be a close call, but I think high school DXD knew what it was going for and did do it better. So I actually agree with this statement. So, wow. uh, you point to cream puff um and the final one just because i wanted a third one to eat up a little more time also from moral <sighs> why are you Uh-oh, doing this to me goodness. why are you bringing this back yang wenli is by far the best character and best boy from legend of the galactic heroes and nobody even comes close truth no way <sighs> well i mean it's truth you're wrong. He is no, a no, it's not great wrong. character. Listen, if, <laughs> he fought for your democracy. If Mason. Yang Wen Li <laughs> was just the main character in one, there'd be no show left. There'd be nothing. He he would never push the show to new limits. He would just be a static. Oh, he would just be so complacent in his way of life. And while that's essential to you know opposing the best character from the show, if it was just the Yang Wenli show, the show would be nothing. It'd go nowhere. Reinhardt yeah, it'd be is a great the, slice the old, of life while we watch him drink and play just, with cats. He would just sip tea all day, sleep on benches like a hobo, and scare <laughs> scare Julian with like his weird stay-at-home are, dad demeanor. Are you guys gonna throw He's down? The best. 
No, because we've already done yes. that. Like mult. This Mason already knows he's wrong, so we're good. Reinhard is the golden lion, which will lead us to victory. He's what makes the show so great. And while Yang Wenli is a nice, you know, opposition, and we need that, uh, without what, like, you could get, you could remove Yang from the show and still be good. You can't remove Reinhard. So he's crucial to why. Yang Wenli fought for your freedom. He did. And I'm grateful. And I do love him. But he's no Reinhard. And he's. Not even close. Down with the golden light. So, <laughs> isn't that a uh, house in uh, Fire Emblem? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, there you go. Anyway, or so blue lions. There's golden deer, but so give us, yeah, give us your arguments. We will discuss them. Hopefully, they become a fun time. And uh, thank you, Moral and Cream Puff, for submitting your hot takes. That's not a hot take. That was the truth. I mean. Okay. <laughs> Kill the music. Do we have uh, RSS feeds to go to, or are we jumping right into it? Yeah, so um, on our RSS feed, on our we now have an exclusive RSS feed for the... I, pretty much everybody knows by now, and I'm just going to keep saying it. Um, we now have an exclusive RSS feed for people who help out the podcast, and we are... You know, we want, we want you to get the absolute most bang you can get for your buck here. So not only, not only do you get another what is it close to eight hours of extra podcast a month that is just for you but now we're now we're bringing it to you in the easiest possible way that we can via an ex- the, our, our exclusive member rss link if you go to our website right along the bar on the top on the left there's a button for the member rss you can literally just copy paste a link from that section of the site into your favorite podcast playing application which includes podcast attic um pocket pocket cast the apple podcast app Overcast FM, Downcast, et cetera, et cetera. Whatever you listen to it on, you can use that link and listen to the exclusive content directly on your phone or tablet device now the way you would listen to every other podcast rather than having to get it through our website. So I just want to let you know that that um, we are always trying to find ways to give you more for your for the support, more of a thank you for supporting the podcast and um, make sure to check that out. And, and and if you and if you are supporting the podcast and you haven't used that yet, please do because um, it, I think it'll definitely make your life easier. So I want you guys to know that it's there for you to use. So and that's when you sign up at aapodcast.com/join. So get it. Don't don't disappoint me. Mandy, that's the end of my spiel. That's the end of the oh, spiel. Oh, okay. Hi. Well, now we have our main topic, which is what have we been watching? I'm just going to tell you all the different anime that we have seen since the last time that we've done one of these. So you can take notes on things that you could possibly try out for yourself. Yeah. Well, man, I, you know, I really thought I had, I had a good list this time. And then I saw Mason. Uh, if then... it makes you feel any worse, I actually am saving all of our seasonal impressions. I think in like two weeks from now, we might do like a seasonal wrap up. So this is... This isn't even everything. This is this isn't even my final form. Oh geez, you're only at, you're only at one percent. Exactly, exactly. Well, speaking of speaking of, of battles that always seem to take place in percentages, I actually made it past the dark tournament of Yu Yu Hakusho. There is more. It's not like the screen is just black for like you know thirty five <laughs> episodes. Twenty five episodes. Yeah, literal dark tournament. Yeah, I'm up to episode. <laughs> yeah, literally, I'm I'm up to episode um, seventy six <laughs> or so. And I, I'm and I'm gonna I'm gonna finish it 
And then it's kind of like a dinner. It's like our dinner anime. And then I think after this, I'm going to start watching Kingdom because I think it's it's got a good reputation. Been, yeah, I've been meaning to watch that too. That's been on my list for a while. Yeah, it's pretty long, but I think it's supposed to be really good. So, but you Hakusho, it's um, I find that the anime that it does sort of take a dip in quality after the dark tournament. There's like a there's an arc right after that that's kind of like humdum, like nobody will really care. And then it jumps into a very shonen, more shonen type stuff than it, than it was before, which is basically like the Trigun sort of. Let's how many animes do this? Like Trigun does it, Outlaw Star does it. They all do it. It's just like this the the band of seven or the band of ten, and they have to like fight these like guys one at a time, you know. Um, and they all have like goofy nicknames. So um, still love all the characters in Yu Hakusho. My favorites are. Um, I mean, let's just be honest. Genkai is my favorite character in Yu Hakusho. Show. She's just the most badass old lady ever. So, um, <laughs> but I, but like Kuwabara is great and Yusuke is great. And I'm, I'm really enjoying like following those guys as they can continue to just like punch each other and be crazy. So, um, Yu Hakusho Show is, I really like it. Although I'm being told that like it doesn't have much of an ending, a lot like Hunter Hunter doesn't. So <laughs> I'm like, Togashi, why? Like, why do you always do this? So, but we'll see. I mean, I'm not at the ending yet, so I, I don't really know how real, how accurate that is yet, but it's nice to know that I did get past the dark tournament after watching up to the end of it and stopping like five times. So I'm not going to quit this time. And, 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 and I just, go ahead. I was going to say, this is weird for someone who's a huge Hunter Hunter fan where it's like has taken over my life, but I haven't seen you Yu Hakusho yet. None of so it? So I need to do that. No, I've never seen it. Oh, it's quite and, it's uh, quite good. I, I don't know if it'll live up to. Is your, it okay? I, I don't know if it'll live up to your Hunter Hunter standards because no. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's like, no, no, no flat it, out no. no well, at least watch the uh, the opening for Level E as well. You know, that's like the the unloved middle child of Togashi's works, which yeah. is like a dumb comedy. But the OP is cool. Yeah, I, I didn't like Level E quite as much, but how many episodes is Yu Yu Hakusho? Um, like fifty something. No, I think it's like a hundred. Really? Yeah. That's it? Yeah, it's longer than that. Um, okay. Oh, 112. 112. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds better. <laughs> what was I thinking of? What was I thinking? Almost of? halfway there. <laughs> What's yeah. the difference for you? You know. <laughs> yeah, the, the dark tournament ends like around episode 60 or so, and then okay. it's but it's the longest tournament I think ever in anime. I mean, it is long. <laughs> that that I fucking, need to watch it. That fucking thing is like 30 episodes. So, but yeah, I've. Yeah, I've gotten to the point where all of the anime on my list now are really long, so I'm oh trying boy. to decide which one to do, because I'm like, Ooh. I don't know which one to watch. I have to finish Gintama, I have to watch Yu Yu Hakusho, I have to watch Kingdom, I still have never seen the anime for Slam Dunk, but I want to watch it. Hajime no Ippo is pretty long, too. Yep. <laughs> They're all long! Yeah, and, and most of them are shonen. <laughs> yeah. So... I, I, I don't want to shoot all my bullets yet because I only have four bullets in, in the gun. So Mason has like a machine gun over here. So I'm just okay. going to let him go for yeah. a bit. I'll go bit. quick. I'll do I'll do sets of two. How, oh. how about that? I still so think we'll, I'll, you'll still have more than I will at the end, but... We'll go quick. <laughs> I'll, I'll start four. with TV series. I, I kind of split my list between full TV series and OVA slash movies. So first up was a show called Fractal. Um, mm. essentially what I did is I asked people in discord, Hey, give me a show you think I should watch. Or I, uh, secretly would friend them on my anime list or 
Any list, M-A-K-L-A-X, is where you can find me. And I went on their list without their knowledge, and I took the shows that they had rated highly that I had not seen and used that as a jumping-off point. So first up was a show called Fractale, um, which you can find on Funimation. This is an early 2011 series uh, done by A1 Pictures and Orday. Uh, it was directed by Utop- Utaka Yamamoto, who did Wake Up Girls, which I really like. And had Marie Okada in it, who I really like. Um, this was a Noi Tamina show, which aired before Wandering Sun, and I love Noi Tamina. And I went into the show, and I was really digging it at the beginning. There's a dance, a pancake dance. The characters who had danced to <laughs> express the flavor of pancakes, and that really hit with me on an emotional level. And the first like four episodes, I was really digging. It was super cool, great concept. And then something happened where my interest just dwindled and around like episode six or seven i just realized that it wasn't going to come back up and ultimately the show was kind of depressing because it did not fulfill the potential it had it like it looked all right most of the time it's not like the animation or the sound like something production wise dropped it just like they ran out of ideas at episode six and it just went nowhere and it was like man these first three episodes were solid so i would recommend checking out the first three just for the like the themes and everything but it just it was a rough watch at the end and i ended up not enjoying it but it was i'm so glad i checked it out but big sad um next up was snow white with the red hair which i got from a user called eats sweets which you can find (laughs) on funimation and hulu and i've heard about this show for a while i feel like mandy has talked about it before Mm -hmm. um for some reason so this is a 2015 series. It was way more shoujo than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't it know why. Shoujo-y. I didn't think it was a shoujo, but it was so much of a shoujo. Like, it kind of took me back. I was like, oh, okay. I just, I had to re-spoke a little bit, rescope. But honestly, this was like a near, this, this was like perfect relationship goals. This was like the most honest, forthright, like respecting of boundaries, like, forging of like individual interest with the mutual respect that made like all the characters in it stronger like it was such a wholesome series that i really enjoyed um there was definitely like a clear divide between like all the good characters treated snow white like a person and all the bad characters just treated her like an object and it was a little like it was a little too clear-cut in that regard but at the end of the day, this was a really solid series. We got smooches. We got good <laughs> bird boys. Um, I felt, though, like I watched and got the message of everything that there was to experience. And I was going to ask Mandy, is it worth watching season two? Or is it just more of the same kind of stuff? Um, No, I love... I mean, this is one of my favorite JoJo series. I love this series so much. And I grew so attached to some of the characters. And just watching them develop from learning how to just realize each other's goals and building a relationship based on um, mutual respect and admiration. It's just, I don't know, I I love it. And I love watching just Shido Yuki and Zen grow closer together. And also Obi, Obi was one of my favorite characters. That doesn't surprise me. (laughs) He has kind of a Tai Chi feel to him where I'm like, this poor sad boy, I just, someone love him, please. Gotcha. (laughs) Yeah, there were some really great characters in there that I just absolutely fell in love with. So... If you like the characters, yeah, I'd say definitely keep keep watching it. 
Okay, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm going to stop there. I think I really like season one, but I feel like I got enough of it, like the the concept that I would just see more of a similar thing in season two. So for now, I think I'm gonna hold off. But uh, definitely one of the be- better shoujo series oh, I've seen. The so. Kiki, Kiki is so wonderful. Oh my goodness! I, I already saw the bird. It and it is a fake. It is a lie. Birds aren't real. The show is lying to me. <laughs> it's your uh, bird watcher. Is Exactly. It was a good time. It was a good time. <laughs> Mandy, you can go next. Oh, okay. So um, I've been on a bit of an RPG kick. Ooh. So three of mine, three out of the four, because, uh, man, I, I end up having to binge a lot more things that I couldn't include in here. Like I watched anime club stuff. I binged through Eccentric Family again. So there's really no reason for me to bring that yes. up because we've already talked about it before. I binged through like the shows that we were reviewing. And so I don't have as many on my list now that I would usually have. So um, four, three out of the four of mine are all RPG related. <laughs> and the first one was Magical Circle Gudu Gudu. And that one is available on Crunchyroll. And the one on Crunchyroll is a 2017 remake of the original. The original came out in 1984. And the original is much longer than the 2017 one. Um, the 2017 one was adapted by uh, Production IG. And it's only 24 episodes. So it's not very long. And this series is takes a lot of inspiration from... Um, old Japanese RPGs, such as Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest is the most notable one, and it also has references to a bunch of typical RPG tropes that we see come up in games. And um, yeah, it was it was really... Um, I enjoyed it, but I could definitely see if you don't have a history with Japanese RPGs, don't have like that... Um, like if you didn't grow up with them, I could see it being a really hard show to get into so the story is about this um it's a comedy too there's there's a lot of goofy comedy in it and it's about this the seal coming off of the demon king giri and um a new hero has been chosen named nike and he is chosen to be the hero who is going to go on this quest to try and reseal the demon king and he meets his magical user named kukuri and she can summon beings through this kind of magic called uh guru guru with her staff and she draws symbols and this summons these creatures and um they go on this quest together and it has a lot of silly rpg tropes and comedy in it like um like they go to a town and all of the characters there could only say one word they're like welcome welcome and they're like singing <laughs> it through the streets welcome and it's because you know when you go to an rpg when you play an rpg the npcs usually only have one scripted word they could say or phrase and um there's a part where they make fun of like uh just the music like they go to a dungeon and um nike finds this little box this like little uh, music box and kakuri is so excited she's like oh i've only heard one song my entire life because you know in an rpg the towns only have one song they cycle through <laughs> so there's a lot of things in there where it, it looks like like the art style kind of reminds me of dragon quest <clears throat> and they have moments where it goes into like that pixel art style of uh like old rpgs and they have like text boxes come up sometimes and uh one of my favorite ones favorite jokes was nike going into uh, just a villager's house and just starts stealing shit out of everything <laughs> he's going through like cabinets he's going through like their chests and uh kakuri's like what are you doing and all of a sudden he freezes he's like <gasps> I, I lost myself, and it was really funny. 
<laughs> but um, yeah, it starts off very hyperactive. There's a lot of comedy in it and very silly comedy, too. Um, and then it does progress to a point where it has a really sweet romance, rom- like kind of romance going on. It's really cute. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed that one for someone who has the history of like Dragon Quest, Chrono Trigger and a bunch of other like old RPGs. <laughs> That sounds like something. Fun. Yeah, that sounds like something I'd probably like. Yeah, there was a lot of really funny jokes in there. I, uh, another one that I loved was um, they went through this quest and they got this like um, this statue that had been passed down for uh, centuries as like a reward, and Nikkei immediately goes and tries to sell it. Tries to sell it. Yeah. <laughs> and the store owner is like, "This is a priceless heirloom." He's like, "Yeah, but how much can I get for it?" <laughs> it's really funny. Level with me here. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, they do that a couple times where there is like this very specific object they need it for a certain quest. And then they're like, we sold it. <laughs> it's like, oh, I've been there. <laughs> I don't know. It was fun. Yeah. I bumped into a couple anime where they do this in like spurts. Like there was a Love Hina episode where they go into like a game and they just, and they talk to people and they just say the same shit over and over again. And, um, <clears throat> So it's always kind of fun mm-hmm. when you relate to the to the humor. So, um, uh, yeah, SMO Gizmo is asking what the name of the anime was again. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. It's Magical Circle Gudu Gudu. G-U-R-U is how you spell Gudu. But yeah, yeah it it's means, on Crunchyroll. It means spinning and around in a circle. <laughs> yeah. You know what it would mean if you listen to our Mononoke podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, Ooh. which is on the RSS Ooh. feed. You can listen to it. It is. It's also on like iTunes and YouTube soon to be. Yeah, that's what I meant. Mitz, Mitz, what's next? Well, I watched the Pokemon first movie CG remake, I guess it is. So I think it is. That's a thing. Well, there's a shitload of Pokemon movies, that's for sure. But on Netflix, I think there is a... Pokemon, it's like the first movie where it's like the history of Mewtwo and he gets pissed and, you know, he's like, who am I? Blah, blah, blah. I'm so emo. And then he invites all the, <laughs> and then he invites all the trainers to the island with their Pokemon and he ends up like trying to steal the Pokemon from all the trainers and there's like that storm and then they're like, they're like you can't go out in the storm. It's too dangerous. And then like the, the trainer that has the Lapras is like, the hell I can't. And they just like kind of just go anyway. Um <laughs> You guys have seen this movie, right? It came out like it's, yeah, like twenty five. Yeah, so funny Mew- though. Pokemon yeah. Mewtwo Strikes Back Evolution. Is that what it's called? I love it. The hell it's I a, can't. It's a three D CG remake yeah. of the first film. Yep. Mewtwo Strikes Back. Yep. Hmm. I watched it, and it's it's definitely the first movie over again. It's 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 quite good. Like it's very enjoyable. Not very long. Um, it looks pretty nice. I mean, I thought it looked pretty good. Mewtwo, I. <laughs> been a while for me but Mewtwo is so so much angst I mean he just hates oh, yeah. everything I mean it's someone oh, yeah. someone needs to get him like a puppy or like an ice cream cone maybe so yeah um but it was but it was really good you know Netflix has got a bunch of this sort of uh interesting stuff on their service right now and I think actually I think every single every single thing I have left on my list is from Netflix so um if you're a fan of Pokemon definitely I definitely recommend checking it out. You know, it's it'll it'll bring you back to that nostalgic place from when you were. I mean, depending on how old you are now. I mean, I guess that I don't know when that movie came out the first time. Probably like in the late '90s, maybe. But mm-hmm. yeah. so it'll take you back to when you were a kid, perhaps, or maybe you haven't seen it at all at this point. And um, looks pretty nice, so worth seeing for sure. 
And I'll just slide right into the next one because it's very similar. The Dragon Quest, your story. So Manny, Manny was just talking about Dragon Quest and um, very popular RPG franchise. And the there is a movie of it on Netflix, which is also, I guess it's CG. I mean, it's it looks closer to like, how the hell would I describe it? Like how I trained your dragon or whatever. It does. It doesn't look. Oh. It, it it looks really good. Like it, the animation is like when you say when when you say CG, people go ooh like well, ooh, it might not look good. It looks more like Pixar movie would look really. Um, and ooh. it has a lot of throwback Dragon Quest references in it, and a lot of just like your fun Dragon Quest monsters. It's there's a wild freaking plot twist at the end and. Um, I definitely recommend people check it out. It's it's definitely adapting the storyline of like Dragon Quest V, which I haven't played, but my friend, I was watching with a friend of mine who is a little bit of a bigger Dragon Quest nerd than I am, and he was like, oh, like this is Dragon Quest V. And I was like, oh, really? Like I haven't played that because, you know, that game's very old at this point and a little bit before my, my time on Dragon Quest. <clears throat> but Dragon Quest Your Story is what it's called, and it runs, I'm not sure how long it was, maybe two hours. So. I've heard good things about it from like non-anime people, even well, non-like Dragon Quest people. So the pace, anyone could check it out, right? Yeah, yeah, it's on Netflix. The pacing is great. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of fight scenes, a lot of magic. Um, there's some cute girl characters in it. There's some tough guy characters. So there's like a little bit of a, a little bit for everybody. It's cool sword fights. All of your favorite Dragon Quest monsters. It's got the slimes, the robots, the um, you know the just the little rabbit guys with the horns, you know, like all the puns you can handle. They don't actually bring the puns into, I think Dragon Quest is the only game franchise I've heard of that can probably compete with Animal Crossing on puns. So, but <laughs> like they just, it's just wild. But, um, Animal Crossing's pun game is high up there. Yeah. My favorite, really funny. My favorite Mandy from the Dragon Quest 11 was a, there's a pig monster that has a, a magical hat on and the, and the, <laughs> And the enemy's called a ham, sham, witch. It's like a witch's hat with the ham, sham, witch. It's like ridiculous. It's so bad. But but Dragon Quest, your story was really quite good. And the ending will like blow your face off. It's very action packed. And and I was actually sitting there like thinking, what the like what the fuck is going on at the end of this movie? Because it is a wild, completely unexpected twist at the end. At least for me, it was. So definitely recommend that. And, and it's pretty new. It came out like not even a year ago. So check it out on Netflix. Most people, um, a lot of people will have Netflix at this point. So it's free to go watch it. Just sitting there waiting for you. And I think, there are, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, there's a lot of CG anime movies coming out. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that that was all CG. Like they have the uh, Lupin one that's coming out. And they also have the, the th- Ghost in the Shell. And the three-part Godzilla ones from, like, the last few um, years. Those are all CG, and those looked pretty cool. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. All right, that, I'll save my last one for round three. <laughs> so Okay, I'll run through these next three TV series really quick. Um, next up, I was recommended to watch Iron-Blooded Orphans, the, uh, the Mobile Suit Gundam series from 2015. This is on Crunchyroll, Funimation, Hulu, Netflix, Anime Lab, and Amazon. So it is everywhere because it's Gundam and everyone likes Gundam. I do not like Gundam. I am notably <laughs> not a big Gundam fan. I did really enjoy Thunderbolt. It was like a OVA series a couple years back. It was like really jazzy and cool, and I 
I really enjoyed it. And they're like, people were like, hey, check out Iron Blooded Orphans. Um, it requires no like previous knowledge of the Gundam franchise to get into. And I, I don't know why, but I said, fine, I'll give it a shot. And I started it off, and the soundtrack is spectacular. There's all this like Spanish guitar work going on during the fights, and it's amazing and easily the best part of the show by a mile. Uh, the whole rest of the show, while it did start off strong, like uh, Fractale, uh, immediately quickly fell apart. And even though Marie Okada did it, the way she writes like the relationships that Mandy kind of reminded me of are abysmal. All the dynamics <laughs> between this ship captain with like multiple wives, with multiple babies with each of them, which he keeps all on the ship, is cringeworthy and the way that it inspires like the younger kids like that they meet to also like hey we should do in this kind of polygamy thing going on it's very awkward and very creepy of course oh. all the fights that go on are just super there's such a lack of depth to everything and it's just ham-fisted and it's really cringy and i will admit i did watch most of this dubbed because i was quarantined and i was like working out while i was watching it and while the voice actors I think we're better than usual. I think dubs inherently are the worst thing that happened to anime. And boy, did I think, wow, that's I think it really did help. I think it helped me to like this show even less. So I did not enjoy my time with Mobile Suit Gundam. Damn. I will not be continuing it, but uh, the soundtrack was great. So check that out. God, um, next that, show. This Gundam, though, is so recommended. Like, I've had many people yeah. recommend I've had several people recommend it even in the last, like, couple months. So... Surprised, don't know. Surprised, I don't know. Surprised, but I'm also just not a Gundam boy, so take that what you will. Next show was a show called Kamichu, uh, which essentially translates to like the goddess is a middle school student. And this show just cold opens with three characters like lazily in a classroom, and this girl's like, Um, I think I turned into a goddess last night. And that's like the first line of dialogue, and the whole show from there is just like, <laughs> What? I'm like, oh, okay, what do we do now? And it started off fantastically realistic where they're like, uh, we don't believe you. What are your God powers? And she's like, I don't know. So they go around like trying to see what her powers are. They eventually kind of figure it out. And yes, she is a goddess. So they then use that to like sell pictures with her to like to get money to like the shrines and like try to earn money and finances. And it's fantastically awesome for the first three episodes. Um, but then episode four starts and it's this terrible like alien visitation plot and the alien is just so dumb that it turned me off the entire show and I dropped it at episode four. So oh, man. let me know if it gets better, people, but it had a lot of promise. Uh, the last show also was dropped uh, almost before like maybe 10 minutes had passed, but uh, <laughs> Elfin Lead. Oh so my like, God. Hey, you should watch that. And I was like, you know what? I've always heard the show talked about. Um, it's on like Hulu, Crunchyroll, High Dive. Like it's easy to get to. I've always heard it. And I was like, you know what? I've been doing this anime thing for too long. I should know what Elfin Lead is about. So yep. I started it up. And soon after, I'm like, nope. And I, I dropped it. It was bad. You were like, bye bye, Mason. As he drops off the, <laughs> as he drops off the call. Lucy came that, in and chopped him down. That's all I have to down. say about that. <laughs> yeah, um. got, got smattered with it, but. It was a it was a nightmare. It was worse than I was expecting, and oh well, oh well. Did so you, did you at least get through the whole the opening scene? 
I, I mean, I watched the entire first episode. Okay. Oof. And uh, the uh, opening was cool. It was something. It was well, bold. I'll give it that. But it was it was not an, a good experience. Yeah, I mean, I think what you have to understand about Elf and Lead is that it's it's mostly a shock value anime, and and it did it shock me right out of there? It is shock. <laughs> I mean, at least at the time, I think it was pretty shocking for most people to see like a completely naked chick just like slicing people's heads off like it will. But there's not much like there's not much. No, there's not, I, it's not it's not super deep, but. But yeah, you're right. Uh, you didn't see the worst of it. There's actually worse things in Elf and Lee than in that first scene. But oh, I believe it. Okay. I believe it. <laughs> All right. Hey, Mason. Um, Mason's just cutting down anime like trees over here. Left and right. Uh, is baby. it anything new? No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I grouped two of my next one into one because one of them I haven't finished because I've been working through it and I just had to put it on hold because other things that I was I needed to watch. Um, so I watched, I rewatched the OVA for Lodos War recently, and I'm watching Slayers, the original, back the 1995 one. And both of them, I've been watching the English dub because English dubs are not inherently bad. Ooh, and ooh. Uh, <laughs> they do exist for a reason. And, oh, they uh, do exist, but they are bad. Never, don't watch dubs. Maybe one show out of 50 is good with a dub. Other than oh, that, always man. watch up. Sorry, go on. Spice, I just so much spice. My, oh, my tongue. Anyways, uh, yeah, so Lodos War OVA uh, came back out in 1990, and it is available on Funimation, and it is a Madhouse uh, adaptation. Mm-hmm. And I've already talked about this for a few weeks now. Um, the uh, original was a set of novels written by Ryo Mizuno, and he wrote those novels based off of his D&D campaign adventures. So, um, yeah, it, man, this series feels so much like a D&D campaign. Like, they did a, did a great job of, like, transforming his D&D campaign into animation, and uh, it's a lot of fun if you are really into D&D. Um, it starts off with uh, the, the characters have already know each other, and they are um, going into a dragon's den in this, in this fight with this green dragon. And then it goes back into the past to where they first meet each other. And we're introduced to Parn, who is um, the son of a knight who has like been dishonored um, or has like a uh, who's like he has uh, like a bad history about him, but for wrong reasons, like he was um wrongly accused and uh then we also meet the elf druid named or i'm I'm going to assume druid that's like the closest class that she is (laughs) but uh deedlet oh deedlet your waifu (laughs) yeah i mean yeah yeah, echinator knew what's up Mm, hey girl you're looking so fine Mm -hmm. yeah yeah definitely (laughs) And we're introduced to some of the other characters, like the dwarven warrior Gim, and there's a wizard that we meet, and there's, yeah, it's it's a really fun adventure um, that just about them going on this adventure to um, to prevent calamities, and uh, yeah, it's it's. Um, like rewatching, I first watched it way back in like high school, I think. It's been a yeah. very long time. And I 
I couldn't remember much of it. And it's funny because I've always had it on DVD. <laughs> I was just, I never went back and watched it. So after it came up recently, I decided, you know, I'm just going to go back and rewatch the entire thing. And uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty good for what it was. And um, the animation was far better than I remembered it being. And the dub is actually pretty solid. The narrator is really good. There are a couple of voices in there, obviously, that are like... Um, you could tell the voice actor was struggling with yelling, like like they were like um, kind of apprehensive to scream into the mic. <laughs> there are a couple parts like that, but overall, the dub was fantastic. It was really good, especially um, slaying the like wizard. It was really good. But yeah, it was pretty good. I recommend it if you like D and D, because it has that um, like it it feels like an adventure and it kind of makes you want to go out and play again like find some friends and just go on an adventure together and uh oh go ahead and if you you ever want to watch the hentai version of record of lost war there's always dragon pink which is basically is that real oh yeah i mean it's not literally record of lost war but it's oh it's 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 like you have the swordsman guy the barbarian guy the, the the mage girl um all set in like the exact same sort of setting, but it's it's a silly. It's, I'm just making that stupid. It's like it's just a stupid. <laughs> and then of course you have like the cat girl, and that's yeah. It's not. Um, it's not literally Lotus War. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that one is available on Funimation and the uh, record of um, Chronicles. Chronicles of the Heroic Knight is also on Funimation, but I haven't rewatched that one again. That's the like series that's a bit longer. Um, that one was twenty-seven episodes, and the other one was only like thirteen, I think. The OVA. So I don't know. I haven't watched Record or Chronicles again yet, so I don't know if I'd recommend it. But I also have like the book. I got the uh, Record of Lotus War of the Grey Witch that came out in English only recently, and I'm going to start reading through this next week, so I'm excited. That's a cool cover. Yeah. Like the black with like a gold trim all around it. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. schnazzy. It has some art in there as well as of like the characters, but uh, yeah, it's um, I'm excited for it. I'm trying to see if I can show it off on stream, some of the art in there. Yeah. But um. Yeah, and I've also been watching Slayers, and this is another one that I watched a long time ago, but I don't think I ever finished it. It was one of those that we watched just random episodes with friends, like, when we were just hanging out together, and um, I'm watching this one on Funimation, and it's the 1995 original one by EG Films, and... Uh, yeah, it's 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 really fun. It's another one that kind of has that D and D feel to it, about this uh, sorceress named Lena Inverse, and she travels around trying to steal shit from bandits, and she's very very powerful, super OP, and uh, one day she steals something that she probably shouldn't have, and gets into wild crazy adventures, and uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's really funny, and um, that one I'm also watching the dub of, and the dub's pretty solid too. That I inverse. will say I have watched because I it's on my list because I saw you watching that and I hadn't seen any of Slayer so I watched Slayer's Excellent, which is like the three episode OVA, oh, which is like the starting point. It explains how the two characters like met each other, like it's like the best jumping on point people said. And I watched the dub and it was a fun old time. It was re- very stupid, but 
enjoyable enough. It's like a perfect Saturday morning like watch. So very yeah, it's goofy. it's very silly, but yes. yeah, it was fun. I had I'm I'm having fun with it. I'm uh, I think ten episodes into it, and the first season's twenty six episodes. Yeah. Or check out so. the OVA, which which I did, and I was pleased with. So. Is it my turn Go ahead, again? Mitz. It oh, is boy. your turn. Last, Round three. The last thing I have for you is I have watched. I, I I hope I didn't mention this already. And if I have, please stop me. But I have been watching the Castlevania series on Netflix, and find it to be quite good. Um, better than I thought for sure. And for those of you that haven't watched any of this, the fourth season was just announced. So there will be a fourth season. They have very weird lengths, like. Season one's like four episodes. Season two is like seven episodes. Like they just like whatever, but it's it's quite good. It looks it looks fantastic. Um, it's basically the the initial premise is like Dracula and this girl. I can't remember her name. She she comes and goes like the wind. But um, Dracula and uh, yeah, Dracula and Emily or Lisa Tepps, I guess is what they is how they refer to her. I, I I've heard that name obviously, but I didn't know that was her name in the show. Um, they right in the beginning, you know, she's like a human who wants to be a, a healer and Dracula takes her under his wing and they fall in love. But then, of course, she's like, you know, she can perform almost like miracles on people because she's such a great healer. And the church is like, oh, well, you're a witch. And they burn her alive. Dracula like loses his shit. And he's just like a very powerful version of Dracula in this. He can literally just like open the gates of hell and just rain hell on the, on the earth. And there's just like demons just ravaging cities and just devouring people. Meanwhile, there's Trevor Belmont. Who's like this. Um, how would you even like almost like a Gene Starwin esque, just like dude. Who's just like, uh, I just want to drink my beer and I guess I'll help you. But I'm so cool in my armor. And he's, he kind of doesn't, he kind of doesn't give a damn about anything initially, but he's, you know, he's from the Belmont family, which are like monster hunters and he gets wrapped up in all this. And so he's kind of apathetic about it, but then, but he has like a heart of gold, but he's so, he so doesn't want to be bothered by all the inconvenience. And there's just like a lot of great action scenes. And I'm about halfway through season two of this and excited that there's more coming out. And it just like it just looks great. Like Netflix is just throwing their weight behind it, I guess, and it just looks fantastic. Um, it's definitely not anime, though. I don't, I don't, yeah, Frederator Studios, whom I don't know what the hell that is. They've been around for a while, but yeah, I don't know, not not that familiar with them. Uh, they've done a lot of like like stuff for um, like Nickelodeon and stuff like that, so. I guess it's not really it's not really anime, but you'd probably put it in that category just because of the audience. But it's quite good. Like if you were holding off because you're like, oh, Castlevania. Like I haven't played I haven't pl- I have played approximately zero Castlevania video games, and this anime is really good. So um, I'm probably end up going going back and playing them after this anyway. So yeah. So uh, and the animation is just way better than most things you'll watch. It looks fantastic and super oh super violent. I mean wow. People getting just like limbs, dismemberments and beheadings and just blood spraying and it's just delightful. <laughs> so check that out if you like nice. if you like dark sort of period pieces because of course it's set in like the 1500s or whatever, whatever age this is in. So 
That's it. That's it for me. That's all I got. I'm I'm out. Fire my last bullet. I'll, uh, I'll blast through a bunch of OVAs then, and I'll I'll just I'll just do a couple of them. Um, first up, I watched Riding Bean from mm. 1989. This is like a 46 minute OVA. This was like the uh the series, the universe that went on to inspire like Gunsmith Cats in yeah. the mid 90s. Um, so like like Val or Rally Vincent from that show, there's like a prototype in this movie, which is kind of cool. Um, if you're like a fan of like Golgo 13, like Lupin or Mad Bull, uh, this is like very similar with like lighthearted violence and like kooky mayhem. Um, and it had like a lot of heart to it. And it was just the classic like 80s charm. It was like a super fun late night watch. It was like also, it had a pretty egregious dub where everything sounded like a discount King of the Hill character, but that kind of just added to the charm of it, and it was just, it was, it was a good time. Um, another OVA, OVA I watched was Read or Die. I got this oh, from Zero Roto. Oh, so good. Which, I mean, we've had the music on before, but like the whole soundtrack, I didn't realize it was done by Taku Iwasaki. Oh, he's who, great. Everything that man touches is just super eclectic and weird and wild and yes the OVA was as legendary uh as I had as I had hoped so I'm finally glad to get that off my list it's about these like English detective agency that fights with all sorts of kind of these weird abilities and it's it was it was fine enough I wouldn't want to watch any more of it but for three episodes it was a good time oh it's so good Um, Mason OV- it was oh, it's fine. So I, I found good. myself losing interest as it went on. The first episode was the strongest, though. I don't, and, I don't uh, know. That, I recommend that one. The fight scene with Son Goku. Oh. Oh, my goodness. Fighting is for nerds. Well, P- hard pass. I- <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. A really good o- OVA that I watched from 1989 was Bow the Visitor. This is an adapt. Oh. of Hirohiko Araki, who's the guy who did Jojo. Oh boy. Uh, before he did Jojo, he did a series called Bao, which is like a real short series. And this is like a 1989, I think it was like 40 some minutes, maybe an hour. And it was way better than I was expecting. Essentially, if you like watching people's like face melting, if oh, your yeah. favorite scene from Indiana Jones is like when like they're grabbing like the Covenant and their faces are just melting, this is that 20 times they love having people's faces melt in this and it was super violent but it was super cool and kooky and if you like uh the pillar man-esque design from jojo oh, yeah uh with like the super you know v taper tiny tiny waist huge chest uh you get that so it was it was just a good one shot and i'd recommend that if you can find it legendarily um, violent like yes, wow it was but it was cool it wasn't it made sense that it was violent. And would you call it butthole puckeringly violent? Was it quite that level? Hmm, not quite. Okay, okay. Because I don't know. It's. It, I think I was expecting it. Okay. But it was. It was. It was a good time. Um, not a good time was no release. Uh, it's like two thirty-minute OVAs that you can find on Crunchyroll. Um, I kind of went into this with high hopes, but it wasn't that good. There's actually an actual like seasonal adaptation coming in 2020. So I would say wait for that because i think that'll be a better adaptation i think these ovas and the ona aren't that good um i watched the aka 13 ova which was just a really another good episode of aka 13 it wasn't drastically different it takes place the year after the first season it was 47 minutes of introspection and relaxation and even though it's been a while since i saw the original it was just another episode of a show i really like so i enjoyed it 
Um, I can save everything else for another day, I think. So we can move on to Mandy's last one. Uh, yeah, my last one was I watched the adaptation of Flowers of Evil, which I've Ooh. talked about before. I've talked about the uh, the manga and how crazy it is. But the adaptation came out in 2013 by, I don't know how to say the studio's name. It's like Zexus, Zex, Zexus, Z-X-E-X. I always call it Zexus. Yeah. And um, this one is on Crunchyroll. And... I oh I read the manga a long time ago and it was a very crazy wild ride and everybody told me don't watch the anime the anime is absolutely terrible so I never watched it and they were like oh the the animation's awful and so I recently just like you know what I'm just gonna watch it and it's not that bad it's the entire thing is rotoscoped so um, the characters look more like real people than they do anime characters. And I didn't think it was that bad. Like, I thought the rotoscoping was actually pretty solid. They had some really great backgrounds. There were some really cool animated scenes in there. And um, they also took out some of the more disturbing parts of the manga, which I greatly appreciated. <laughs> like, it made it made it easier to watch than uh, reading the manga. Because <laughs> there were some parts I was like, this is oof, rough. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's uh, it was a wild ride. I recommend it if you like the manga. And that one, Flowers of Evil, of course, though, like all of his other works, it's it, there's a lot of like it. It's a revolves around like humiliation and it's it can be a wild thing to experience. Yeah, I I think I had talked about it a while ago where it was hard to watch, but I somehow couldn't look away and I loved most, if not all of it. And I really enjoyed it as much as I didn't enjoy it in the moment. <laughs> yeah, the mangaka um, Sh- Shuzo Oshimi, who I just did a manga minute on one of his works Blood on week? the Tracks? Yeah, I Blood on the Tracks. I think that was last week. It was either last week or the week before. It may have been the week before, because I think last week was... Um, I don't remember what it was now. <laughs> but I, I think it was two weeks ago. And uh, yeah, all of his works are like around... Um, not they're not horror but they do feel very so unsettling they make you feel embarrassed for the characters and there are moments where you're like i don't understand how we got from this point to this point it like this does not feel natural these are not these people are not acting like real people but then uh you can definitely see how you how sometimes things don't work that cleanly in real life and weird things happen so good it's so messy and it feels like watching a train accident. <laughs> it does. Like, a slow like, motion train is... accident where you're like, no, get off the tracks. You're like, this is <laughs> awful, but I just cannot look away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's wild. Do we want to run through some of the listener comments since Enzo isn't here? Sure. Quickly, I think. So, okay. Uh, we'll disregard names and in the effort of time uh, on Facebook and Twitter, Caroline was like, hey, we're about to do an episode like this. Listeners, what have you been watching? And some of the responses uh, have been Nisekoi, which is a great show. Beastars, which is awesome. Haikyuu, and even though the guy hates sports anime, uh, this he's saying it's really good. Well, he's right. Uh, Lewis watched all of Rakugo Shinju. Yes, yes, good on you. Um, Kaon, someone's watching that. And it is very good, and it gets better as it goes on, so stick with it. Someone just finished Kaguya-sama Love is War. Oh, my. Um, 
yeah, great, great timing because season two is about to come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are going old school, watching some Ursa Yatsura, Cat's Eye, and Star Musketeer Bismarck, which I've never heard of those last two. Uh, Natsume Yujinsho and XXXHolic are on someone's list. That's a good oh, list. Oh, who's Rurouni. watching Natsume? Uh, David Hernandez. Ooh, good. Um, Peter's watching One Piece once again. What an absolute crazy man. Watching it, I'm guessing from the beginning. Uh, Psychopath Season 3, Interspecies Reviewer. Oh, boy. Someone just finished Toilet-Bound Hanako-kun, which <laughs> I'm excited to watch. Um, man, so, some people are going back. Gatekeepers, Nia A7, Demon Bane, and Strange Dawn. Those are all ones I should probably look into. A lot of people are watching Fruits Basket, Original Berserk, Smile Down the Runway, The Wallflower. Everyone's watching everything. And... Uh, this is interesting. Because they're good. I guess one last they're thing being, I want to touch on. They're being good anime addicts, Mason. They are. And uh, what are we going to be watching individually that, you know, if people wanted to hear what we're going to think about for the next time we do one of these? Like, for example, uh, the shows I've been planning to watch uh, are Tari Tari, Library Wars, Ichigo Marshmallow, Sabe Gebu, and Hyoge Mono. Which are all very different shows, mostly cute ones. But so those were all on my list. So if you want to join me and watch those, let me know. Um, and also just let me know what other shows you think I should watch. Mandy, what do you have lined up? Well, a lot of the ones that I want to watch are really long. So I'm trying to get rid of some of the ones on my list that are like 12, 24 episodes shorter. Because mm-hmm. then once I can get those out, I can just binge something really long because I need I really want to get back into Gintama because I was enjoying like where I left off. I was really enjoying it. So um, but I had binged through like 200 plus episodes and I was like, I need to watch something else for a while. Yeah, you need um, to palate cleanse. I'm going to get burned out on it. So um, I have like another over 100 episodes to go. So I still have that. Um, I Hyogo Hyoge Mono, you just mentioned that one has also been on my list and uh, for a while. So I'm going to binge through that in the, um, it, the spelling for that is H-Y-O-U-G-E-M-O-N-O for the, anyone else who wants to watch it and then uh, report back. It's, it's uh, a Hugay Mono. It's a very strange show. It's I think it translates to like Jocular Fellow. It's like all about mm-hmm. Sengoku area, like tea ceremony. Yeah. It's it's weird. <laughs> I also want to watch a sketchbook full colors um that one looks like it's about a group of girls who uh, are like in an art class or art club together and then i also want to watch bamboo blade which is like a group of um girls in a kendo club together that um looks as looks like it's more comedy than sport but uh i don't know i'm excited for that one i've heard that one came recommended to me so i'm gonna check it out interesting People have been wanting Mitz to watch Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. They keep asking. <laughs> Is, yeah, in the in the in the in the Twitch chat. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Mitz is Mitz is trying his best. You know, we're, we're getting through what we can get through. So very nice. Well, viewer, what what should you be watching? Well, besides the seasonal stuff, which you can watch with the Discord. And all the stuff that we're going to be watching for Anime Club, you should probably watch Cautious Hero because we're going to review that next week. You should watch Mononoke so you can listen to Mandy and Art and my podcast about it. And uh, our, like I said, I think we're going to do maybe like a wrap up of like the seasonal shows that we aren't reviewing in a couple of weeks. So finish those up because those are now uh, ending. So 
get excited for that. Anything else you guys want to touch on before we go to our next news break? Not not particularly. There we go. So with that, we leave you with one more trivia question. And that is, what is the name of the city over which Gilgamesh rules in Fate Grand Order Babylonia? We'll let you know. Couple minutes. Stay tuned. Gonna expect 50 more push ups out of you, Mason. And the listener, 50 push ups. Let's go. Let's do it. Gotta find some way to survive without the gym. fans mitsuki's back bringing you your second anime news break leading us off with yes yet another but i promise the last new anime season announcement for this particular news break netflix has announced recently that adi shankar's castlevania animated series is going to be getting a fourth season maybe not technically anime but still feels like anime and is pretty damn good so if you're a fan of castlevania which the third season came out on march 5th and you probably have watched that already now Look forward to more of Trav Trevor Belmont, Dracula, and Alucard, and all the rest of the wild crew coming out sometime soon when the fourth season does premiere. Next up, One Piece is getting its first ever orchestral concert in June in the Tokyo Suntory Hall on June 20th. I'm sure a lot of you would probably like to go see this, and unfortunately, I, I mean, with COVID-19, I don't know if you'll be able to travel to Japan or go to the concert, or, or, if, or if they will even have it, to be honest. The concert commemorates the 40th anniversary of anime composer Kohei Tanaka's musical career, so we're going to hope for the best that they're going to have this concert, and they're going to be performed by the Tokyo Philharmonic Orchestra, which should be lovely, including iconic theme songs such as We Are, We Go, and Over the Top are going to be performed, amongst others. And it looks like you can get this via the Lopi at the Lawson Station and lots of other ticket vendor sites throughout Japan. General admission is going to start at $80 for good seats, I guess. They call them the the S seats are $80, and then they go down from that to $61. So if you're a fan of One Piece and you have the opportunity, check out that One Piece concert coming out in June. Sticking with Tokyo and COVID here for just a second... Japan has, for the most part, seems to have a handle on the COVID infection as they've only been having about 40 new infections per day over the last week or so, which has been described by the Japan Times as a mostly contained plateau. However, they are requesting that people stay home and refrain from travel within Tokyo, and a stay-at-home request has been issued for Tokyo, Kanagawa, Saitama, and Chiba, and other parts of Japan as well. Kenneth Mick Elwain, a professor at the University of Tokyo Institute of Social Sciences who specializes in public opinion, says that this weekend is a crucial test. If the number of reported cases in Tokyo continues to go up, then we may see greater demand for national government as we as they may step in. And um, Japan has remained, as the article says, relatively unscathed by the academic, only having, only having 1,300 confirmed cases in a country that has over 100 million people, which is a fairly small number. And uh, if you look online, you can see very eerie photos and videos throughout Tokyo of sections of, side of Shibuya, street crossing, etc., where normally 
millions of people are walking that is just ghost town like so if you're interested in seeing those types of eerie photos you can check those out on the japan times and lastly sazai san is the first anime to ever win the hashida prize the mainichi shimbun reported this that looks like the anime won the 28th hashida prize for serving as a quote national program of japan and that's Certainly an accurate statement, I would say. The Hashida Cultural Foundation, founded by playwright and scriptwriter Sugaku Hashida, established the Hashida Prize in 1993 to honor programs and people that have greatly contributed to broadcast culture in Japan. And I would say that Sazai san certainly qualifies to win that prize. This is Mitsugi, and this was your anime news break. And of course, as we always do, it's time to get back to the podcast. Anime Addicts, the AAA podcast is always trying to bring you new and exciting ways to enjoy our content, and now we have an exclusive member-only RSS feed on the site that is going to let you access our hentai episodes, our hobby addicts, and our after-parties episodes, all from your favorite mobile apps. That's an additional eight episodes of content per month just for you, and you can listen to it through Apple Podcasts app, you can listen to it through Podcast Addicts, Pocket Cast, Overcast FM, Downcast FM, etc., etc., onward and onward. So many mobile apps for you to choose from. If you were holding back on supporting the podcast because you didn't like listening to our extra content through our website, now you can get it and listen to it the same way you enjoy all your other podcasts. So pitch in, help out the podcast, do a good thing, and enjoy all the extra content we have for you. Just go to aaapodcast.com slash join, support the podcast, Merry Christmas, and you will get all this extra content and an exclusive member RSS feed for you to enjoy. That's, again, that's aaapodcast.com slash join and support the podcast. Welcome back. So before we went on break, we had a question for you. And the question was, what is the name of the city over which Gilgamesh rules from the Freight Freight Fate franchise? I kept trying to combine fate and freight. (laughs) And the answer was Uruk. U-R-U-K. I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. Uruk. 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 (laughs) Uruk. This is a, as Enzo would say, this is a bop. Yeah. All right. We're going to get to that for sure in a second, Fake Grand Order. But first, as we always do... It's time for iTunes review. Yay. Um, this iTunes review comes to us from the mildly upset Hunter, and you can leave oh. your iTunes review by such going to iTunes and doing so. 
They write, I've been listening since late 2017, and I love the hosts. No matter what's going on in your life, their energy is so upbeat and happy, you just can't help but smile when you listen. Can't wait for another year of amazing podcasts. P.S. I'm going to sign up for the extra content after writing this review. Wow. Thank you very much. I genuinely appreciate it, both for the extra content and the review, The Mildly Upset Hunter. I I associate strongly with that username. So please go to iTunes. Give us a five-star review. We will read it no matter how ridiculous it is for the most part. And uh, we look forward to it. So thank you again. The mildly upset hunter. Is that for, are you a hunter-hunter character? Or like a literal no, hunter? A, or a bloodborne Or hunter? a bloodborne. Yeah, or bloodborne. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> All right. Mildly upset. Who is a mildly, mildly upset. upset hunter? Not they, uh, they died. They, they dropped their souls, but it's pretty close to the bonfire. And eh, they'll, they'll, they'll get it. No problem. <laughs> All right. So fake grand order. <clears throat> I passed this anime back. Uh, in episode 495 you can watch it on verve which is where i watched it and it's a fall 2019 show from the very popular everlasting fate franchise of course and done by studio cloverworks which has done a lot of good stuff lately um i think most notably they did Darling and the, they worked a little bit on Darling and the Franks. They were involved um, in the Rascal Girl does not or Rascal does not dream of Bunny Girl. They've been around uh, Promise Neverland. They're they're I think I feel like they're like an up they're they're an up and comer. They've been doing a lot of good work. So, um, so it's been a while since I watched the first. Well, I don't know the first two episodes. I guess because there is an episode zero as always. There seems to be in fate for some unknown reason. And so I, I actually did go back and read like the plot summary because of the beginning, because I mean, I feel like most of the plot is in the beginning. So, uh, there's a mage King, um, Solomon who appears a few times in this series. And, um, he basically, it's seen Caldea, a secret mage organization can see, I guess they see like one year ahead and they see that like, this King Solomon is going to basically like unrun rain an ungodly firestorm down upon humanity. And so in order to fix this, they send Fujimaru back in time to repair the singularities in history, which I'm going to be honest, I have no idea what the hell that means. And so, which causes, uh, as this says, Holy grails to disperse across time and space, which I don't really feel like is all that well communicated in this anime. And apparently, before this season starts, he has f- fixed six of them, I guess. And then there's the seventh one, which is way back in Mesopotamia with Gilgamesh, of course, because everyone loves Gilgamesh. And this is like the seventh and final singularity, I guess, which will result in saving humanity. And so they go back in time to like 3000 BC. I guess here it says. 2655 BC, but you know, who's counting and, uh, to the age of heroes where they run into lots of gods and go on little quests and have a shitload of fights. And yeah. So, um, that's pretty much the plot summary, you know, and uh, they're just trying to get every, every fate anime I've ever seen. And I've seen every single one of them is about getting the Holy grail. So that's pretty much what it is. So, 
Um, how'd you guys, what were your guys' expectations going into this? I know you knew it was a fate anime, but how about beyond that? Um, so I've seen both seasons of Fate Zero. Yep. I have not read any of the visual novels, played any of the mobile games, and I always knew that the Fate series wasn't really for me. Like, I watched Fate Zero, it was fine, I got the concept, but kind of the fandom and everything around the series just never was quite to my taste. So when the fall season started, as always on the Discord, we have a ton of people that watch like the first episodes of a ton of shows. And Babylonia came up, and I figured, oh, I was with people who have played the game. They can help explain all the lore and the references from the the Anaplex like role playing game with it. So we watched episode one, and they were able to like help explain the initial premise of what was going on. And it did help me understand what was going on, but it didn't make me care. So after we watched episode one, I proceeded to drop it. And then when we passed it, I was like, well, I, I guess we're doing it. So that's kind of what I went into the mindset of the show with. Um, so I'll be honest, I have no history whatsoever with the Fra- Fate franchise at all. Fate. Like, this is Mandy. my first time. I said Fate. I corrected myself. You did. The Fate franchise. And, yep. um,. I like I have no history with it whatsoever, and I've always been told that it's okay to get into to just jump into this one because you don't need the history of it. After watching this, I disagree. <laughs> there are some things that I don't <laughs> understand. I know that's my fault because I I don't have the history with it. But um, yeah, I went into it kind of scared because I know it's a very beloved fran- fa- um, franchise, but I don't know anything about it. And I know it as, like, it's a very intimidating series. There are so many adaptations, so many games. Like, there's so much behind it. I was like, jumping into one that just came out was really scary. <laughs> but yeah, I I went into it scared. <laughs> I watched the first three episodes when we were going to pass and pass and fail it you know, like months ago. And I think that the anime pretty much lays its cards down in the first three episodes. You get enough of what the, of what this anime is, which is, um, just wildly unbelievable fight scenes and historical figures that just pop up. And some of them make sense from where they are. And some of them don't, which is kind of like how fate is. Cause you know, in Fate Zero, you know, they're summoning, like, I don't even remember. Just people from history that are from all different eras. King Arthur, and then you got, like, people from the other side of the planet from a thousand years before. You know, so... And, um... You know, I expected good animation, good fight scenes, lots of historical figures. And uh, I think I when I first initially stopped, it was right before they were getting ready to fight Gilgamesh and, like, his his uh like throne room area and that's that's episode uh three i guess is when that first happens so i mean that was pretty much my expectation because i've seen seen fate zero i've seen fate zero two i've seen unlimited blade works you know i've seen most of this and um i have but i don't have the backstory but of you know what comes before fate grand order and i don't um i don't i don't necessarily feel bad for not knowing because it's like you know i mean I'm just not the kind of person that's going to go watch like just countless episodes of stuff to have the backstory to watch uh, an anime that I'm not even certain that I'll enjoy, 
you know, that just seems like doubling down before you even get in there. But um, I expected it to be pretty good. You know, it had good reviews online and Fate is very popular, which is why you keep seeing more and more of it. And the games, cell phone games are booming. And yeah, so pretty much, I think I pretty much said it all right there of my expectations beforehand. Now the question is, would we recommend would we recommend it in a spoiler-free way? And Mason, I'll let you go first because you went first last time. Would you recommend oh, Fake Grand Order? Well, here's what I was going to say. I was going to say I enjoyed it. Uh, it's 13 half-length episodes of really relaxing cooking vibes. No pretentious posturing, no desperate historical references, no cringeworthy fan service, no edgy deaths. I learned so many little cooking tricks about Japanese cuisine. Um, I recommend watching the Fate spinoff, Today's Menu for the Emiya Family. That was super relaxing and enjoyable. And I watched it alongside Babylonia to prove to myself that Fate has some good stuff. On the meantime, for Babylonia... Is that a thing? It does it. It does what? The, sh- the show I mentioned? Yeah. Yeah. Today's Menu for the Emiya Family. Oh. It's like a, a short series. It's just Fate characters cooking, and it's super comfortable, and I love it. Um, Babylonia has food porn in one episode, but besides that, if you are not already deep into the Fate series and the Nasuverse, or you haven't played the game, or aren't committed to wasting 21 episodes of time you could spend doing anything else, I wouldn't recommend this show, obviously. Maybe I'm just too dumb for it, but this is just like, I don't know, like a high school edgelord who thinks that having historical figures automatically makes their show intellectual compared to like the cheap wankery that this 21 episode commercial is. Don't watch this show unless you've played the mobile game. Because all the good reviews online are from people who have played the mobile game, have all that backstory that this show is just missing. They just don't have time to have all that. So as a standalone piece of media, this show is insufficient and don't watch it. 